0: Welcome to episode 43 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to figure out which gift to choose in a white elephant gift exchange. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about games with trading. First, Ambie and Cassidy each discuss a game they've played recently, Magic Maze and Drop Mix, while I get excited about a game I am about to play for the very first time. Then, we talk about games that involve trading or exchanges. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word shuffle. And now, here are your hosts. Ambi, Cassidy. and me, Crystal.
1: I mentioned that I played Magic Maze at Dice Tower Con earlier this year, but I bought a copy of it on Black Friday, so I've been able to play it more. Magic Maze is a 2017 game designed by Casper Lapp and published by Sit Down. It's a real-time cooperative game where you're a group of adventurers trying to explore and navigate a mall maze to steal items and get out. There are a couple interesting things about Magic Maze. First, you don't control just one character. Everyone controls all four pawns at the same time. Second, each person can only do a specific action. For example, I can only move pawns east, and Crystal can only move pawns north and west, and Cassidy can only move them south. And finally, there's no talking or communicating during most of the game, other than placing a do-something pawn in front of someone. So it can get really stressful when you're trying to move a pawn to a specific location, but the person who can move it there doesn't realize it or wants to move it somewhere else. You're just passing this do-something pawn back and forth. <laughs> just slamming the like, do-something pawn is in front the most of somebody.
2: stressful part of the game. I hate it when people are like
1: slamming it in front of me and I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. It's like, you do something. No, you do something. <laughs> like, oh, God. I don't know. Yeah. So... We had played the first couple of intro scenarios at Dicetarkon, but there are seven total intro scenarios that gradually introduce the whole set of rules. I like how that's set up, because it's really important to remember all the rules when you're playing a real-time game, so having each scenario introduce a new rule helps remember them. There's also advanced scenarios that have special rules for each scenario, but I haven't played those yet. Toby and I played through all the intro scenarios with two players and actually found it a lot easier with two players than with more, since each player gets more actions and is less hectic. So it was actually less interesting because of that. So I'm looking forward to playing Magic Maze with more players again. So have, what's the
0: max number that you've played with so far?
1: I've done five, but it plays up to eight. And with I think... that Okay. Yeah. That, yeah that's crazy, right?
0: <laughs> how, how do you play this game with eight people? <laughs>
1: That. Some
2: people have the same uh, movement action.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh. When you play oh, that's it with that many. Neat.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So yeah. If, so if you're trying to tell one person <laughs> yeah, to do something and, they and they're not and listening, they don't get it, just give it, it to the, the other one. <laughs> yeah, I've played this now a couple of times. Uh, I've only played it with four people though, and it seemed hmm. pretty like solid with four but definitely stressful and I definitely cheat not intentionally but like <laughs> it's really hard for me not to make noises <laughs> like yeah yeah. Mm, mm, you know like
1: <laughs> or like kind of <laughs> accidentally point at where you want it to go sometimes. oh yeah
2: <laughs> accidental pointing happened a lot oh
1: yeah yeah the last time
2: I played it it was six players and uh it got a little hectic but we we only did the we did the intro scenario. Because everybody was learning except for me. But it was fun. I really like Magic Maze. Yeah.
0: Yeah, having played it now, I can definitely see why it got nominated for the Spiel Award this year. Although I do still think King Domino deserved the win. Um, but I really, really like Magic Maze.
2: While I was at PAX Unplugged, I happened to be walking by a table that was demoing drop Mix, And before this event, I had literally never heard of this game. I had no idea that somebody was releasing a rhythm game board game. Sonic drop, drop Mix. <laughs> drop Mix released in 2017 from Hasbro and plays 1 to 4 within 15 to 30 minutes. So right up Blitz Alley, right? <laughs> it's also it's, it's also from harmonics right?
0: Like they make the peripheral, I believe.
2: Uh, I believe they make the device for it, but um, the publisher is listed as Hasbro. Oh, okay. Only Hasbro.
0: Interesting, yeah, because I think mm-hmm. Harmonix, it's the same company that did uh, rock,
2: bands. rock Band. Rock yeah, Band, yeah, and they were the ones that were there demoing it, people from Harmonix. So, I really liked this game but i think it's because i love rhythm games i have imported japanese rhythm games for my modded ps2 that i can play like i am obsessed with rhythm games i used to go to uh, i used to go play ddr at the at the shops all the time like I'd. why have we not played
0: ddr together we need to make this happen ddr used to be a very large part of my life
2: (laughs) it was a huge part of my life for several years it was, I loved it. Anyway, Drop makes is interesting in how it works because as much as I've talked about not liking app integration, there's literally no way to play this game without app integration. So the player will have to, or the owner of the game will have to download the application, but the game does come with the base for it. So the base is where you're playing the cards, which have NFC chips on the back of them so that the game knows what, card you're playing down each card has a different mix of a different song which is really interesting because you start throwing all these different mixes together making your own mix and the app will save that and you can listen to it later whenever you want which is really cool too i only got to play the cooperative version but there is a versus variant of the game also and in the cooperative one, it starts you off nice and easy where you just have to match a color to a color on the the board. So the board has, I think it's five spots, and each one has either one color or two colors. So you just have to place a card of a color down. Only one person is allowed to do it, though. So if two people place cards down at the same time, you're going to get like a disqualified little X on the, the achievement, the, the request. As the game progresses, you can match colors, you can match instruments, you can match... Um, Dif- it's not really difficulty but it's level because there's level one stuff and there's level two and level three so you have to play a level one if you play a level one you can play a level two or three on top of it but if you have a level three down on your board you can't play a level two on top of it and sometimes the game will actually tell you to wipe everything off the board which is great because then you have a fresh clean slate to play with it's <sighs> really interesting because I don't want to call it a board game because it's it's so app integrated, but it it is because you're using the cards with the NFC chips to to make all make the songs to make the music.
0: I've been really interested in this one since even before it released. I was kind of following some stuff on Twitter about it, like they were teasing it, and uh, yeah, I also like rhythm games. I played a lot of Guitar Hero and DDR in college, and mm-hmm. then Rock Band later uh, after it released, but. Uh, I've heard from people that the peripheral is great and the like kind of freestyle and co-op modes are really fun, but that the actual like versus game isn't bad, but it's definitely not very deep. So like right like if you're looking for a fun activity, I feel like this one's a great choice. but if you're looking for a really deep strategic card game, obviously this is not that, but the music mixes sound so neat when people put they them do. together.
2: And nothing that I've heard has sounded bad. Like they all somehow magically work together. That's really cool. Yeah, I think the thing that's most
0: prevented me from buying it. Well, A, the retail price of the the base game with the peripheral is $100. Although it did drop to as low as $50 during uh, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sales that were, you know, a while ago now. Um, and I almost grabbed it. But then you only get a certain amount of cards in the base game and then they have extra packs of cards that you can purchase. And that's a little bit off-putting to me because I'm like, well, what if the songs that I really want are in those packs? Like you get enough (laughs) to play with in the base game. It sounds like, right. But.
2: Oh yeah. There's, there's a ton of cards. Like we didn't, we played, I think two or three full rounds and didn't go through everything. And it's super random. So even if you see some of the same cards over and over again depending on what's played before it and what's played after is going to change the mix so nothing is ever going to sound the same unless you're playing like the exact same cards but i mean isn't that that's how guitar hero works too right like you buy Mm -hmm. the game for a lot of money with all the peripherals and then you have to download and spend more money for all the new (laughs) song packs admittedly
0: my guitar hero experience was with Mostly just Guitar Hero One, Two, and Three, and none of there was nothing online about any of those. So, um, but yes, I have not played the modern um, Guitar Hero or Rock Band, like the ones that just came out a couple years ago, where you can like oh, yeah, download everything Band, right? and stuff. No, I think they both yeah. did it now. I believe.
2: Yeah, Rock Band's the one I think that I've played more though. But yeah, so they both did
0: it. I uh, that's and that's uh, a turn off for me buying even the modern versions of those games is I don't necessarily want to have to pay for the one song that I really want mm-hmm. or something like that but I'm glad that you liked it and now it makes me want to try drop mix even more
1: yeah I was really interested in the technology of it it looked really cool like how it works because I I'd seen the main thing I've seen of it was a YouTube video showing like how DJing works and they were just using drop mix to show so I didn't see yeah. the gameplay at all just it looked really cool how it works that's really neat um this is the the second I,
2: I went second game period that I've I've used like NFC cards for. I since I play a lot of Animal Crossing, the three D version or three D S version of that game uses NFC chip cards too mm-hmm. to bring different animals to my town, <laughs> <laughs> so I can pick and choose which ones I have. <laughs> but the technology is really cool. They it, there is there can be a lot done with it.
0: Just to pull the curtain back a little bit, during the holidays, we tend to have uh, difficulty getting together to record frequently, so we tend to record some stuff in advance. So when you all are listening to this episode, uh, it's actually a little while after we recorded it, as in about three weeks or so. (laughs) So I currently, as we're recording, am getting amped that today I'm going to be playing Twilight Imperium for the very first time and I'm really excited about it. So it's not something I have played, it's something I'm going to play and I just wanted to kind of talk about how I'm excited and I like printed out some reference sheets for myself and I watched a video about how to play and I am Both super nervous and super excited to play it for the first time. Ambi, I know you've played uh, Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. Mm -hmm. uh, So do you have any helpful hints or tricks (laughs) for me or for anyone else who's never played Twilight Imperium before?
1: I saw you posted a thread on that and a lot of people answered the same, but focus on the objectives and try not to get into battles that you don't need to. Because much like in real life, it's better to get things without fighting if you can than by fighting
0: <laughs> that's an interesting point for me specifically because i tend to in some games have trouble being super antagonistic like mm-hmm. even when i need to be so like obviously avoiding battles i'm like i'm all in for that whatever <laughs> but i do realize that at certain points it will be advantageous for me to fight yeah uh, i've been told that i should try and control necatal rex in the middle of the board <sighs> if i can like, that's super That valuable. That is a
1: way that you might get into battles that <laughs> you don't need to. Well. So, yeah, it depends a lot. Because if multiple people are fighting over it, then you waste a lot of resources over that, and you might not be able to get your objective for it. So it, get go for the objectives you can get while you can, and then build up for Mechatol Rex, I think. Because cool. the last time I played, uh, I went for Becatal Rex... A turn early, probably. And then I just lost. <laughs> because it was me and one other person, who apparently are the normally more passive people. We both went and battled over Mechatol Rex. And then neither of us got the points that we needed. Like Because you need to stay there a couple turns to get it. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> well, I am excited about it. And I know that technically we're not releasing an episode um two weeks from today as in the next time we would be releasing an episode, which will be the January 4th, I think. But I am going to put a caveat on that, even though at the end of the episode, I'm going to say that we won't be releasing an episode on that day. If a bunch of you are really interested in hearing a session report from me, specifically about my very first Twilight Imperium play, which would probably, I imagine, be longer than a normal recently played segment, so it'd be hard to fit into a regular episode. If that is something that interests people, let us know and i might separately record my thoughts on the game and how my experience went and that kind of thing so uh if that's something that you all want to hear tell me because if it's if i don't get any feedback i won't do it but if a bunch of people would really like to hear that then i'd be willing to do it so let me know for this week's thematic segment We wanted to do something kind of adjacent to Christmas. So around Christmas time, which is next week, uh, if you're listening to this episode, when it drops, a lot of people exchange gifts. So we (laughs) want to talk about games where you exchange things or trade things.
1: (laughs) One of the most popular games, Catan, involves a lot of trading. Sheep for... Things. Wood. <laughs> Brick for sheep? Is that? Wheat. Wheat. <laughs> but yeah. Brick.
0: I haven't played Catan in quite some time. Uh, I own a Star Trek Catan, but I haven't even played that in probably two or three years, if I had to guess.
1: Yeah. It's been a while for us, too. I played it recently. I It was as I remembered it. <laughs> 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 yeah it is. you have to play Catan with with the right
2: people some people just get so mad when you don't trade with them or when you don't yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that game
0: well and it, it can get frustrating if the if your your resources aren't getting produced like if the mm-hmm. wrong numbers are coming up on the die then you just sometimes can't do anything and that's frustrating but it's Catan it's still a, cool a great game.
2: example Katana's <laughs> a great example of dice games that Cassidy hates. <laughs> there are. There's, just, a, there's no way those. to negate the randomness of the dice roll.
0: I think uh, incorporating, exchanging, or trading into a game is a great way to add player interaction or a social dynamic that may not have existed otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's actually, there's a lot of trading in a lot of economic games, I think. Like... I mean, there, Catan is kind of, Monopoly is like the most popular economic type of game, I guess. And there's trading in that. Yeah. <clears throat> but more more uh, modern ones, there's Container. It's not really trading, but it's buying things from other people. So you're trading money for goods, <laughs> which is kind of like exchanging. And it's in that. And same with modern art. You're auctioning off art and you give the money to the person who auctioned it instead of to a bank and so in those both parties end up benefiting but like one might benefit more than the other and there's an interesting dynamic there like how much should i give you to make it worth it for me
0: that that's interesting because yeah i would say very few trades or exchanges in games are like net zero like Mm -hmm. i would say somebody else somebody always comes out on top in some way although it's sometimes hard to see who Mm -hmm. because you may get an immediate benefit that's small, but they might get a long-term benefit that's even better, technically. Yeah. And trying to figure out the balance and convince a person to do something that may not be advantageous <laughs> for them is really interesting.
1: Yeah. And then sometimes if someone's in last place, you're willing to give them a better trade to come out ahead of the person who's in second place or something. That's a good
2: point. Mm. My favorite game with... um with trading is Bonanza.
1: Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, it has a lot of trading.
2: <laughs>
1: all of it's the the all beads. trading.
0: <laughs> and that all one's interesting breaking. too because when you trade, you if and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a little while since I've played Bonanza, but anything that you receive from somebody, you do you have to plant it immediately. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you can't yeah, put it, it in your hand. Your so you hand. can't like take something that you think will benefit you later. You can only take something if it will benefit you right that moment. So
2: mm-hmm. or or you have a feeling it will benefit you in the future. Yeah, because you can look what's in your hand and based off of that, like make your decision for for doing the trade or not.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of one of my favorite games, Star Trek Ascendancy, is the trade agreements that you make with other players. Uh, You're not required to make agreements with anyone else, but they are uh, mutually beneficial. And what's interesting is each player has three different trade agreements that they can give to other players. Uh, One of them has one resource token on it. One has two and one has three. And you don't have to exchange the same value with another player. So... If, like, they are in a better position on the board, you can say, okay, we'll make a trade agreement, but I'm going to give you my card that has one resource on it Mm -hmm. and you have to give me the one that has two resources on it or something like that. So it uh, allows you to use the number of resources on the cards to negotiate a trade that is as fair as possible or possibly (laughs) advantageous for you. And it's thematic, too, because in the Star Trek universe, a lot of... Uh, groups are friends at some times and then enemies at other times so eventually when things come to a head and you start fighting those trade agreements get revoked and nobody's (laughs) friends anymore
1: (laughs) yeah they have that in Twilight Imperium 3 too I think the trade's a little different in TI4 so I'm not sure exactly how it is but in TI3 you only get the trade goods if you're trading so it's no good to keep holding on to them and then you trade with someone else but they're different numbers and then if you fight with them then your trades are revoked
0: and I believe I read wah, wah. that if you get a commodity from a player, you can trade their commodity to a different player or something like that. Is that uh, accurate?
1: I don't remember. Okay. I've never <laughs> played,
0: so I could be completely uh, misspeaking. Nobody needs to get on the internet and angrily tweet at us if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think I read something that like you can get something from one player and then give it to a different player.
1: Yeah, you might be able to freely give away um, those little tokens Trade goods, I guess. I forget what they're oh, called. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, because once you get them, then I think you can do anything with them.
0: There's also some trading and exchanging that goes on in some cooperative games, which is interesting, because then you're not looking to like get a leg up over somebody else. You're looking to help the group in the best mm-hmm. way possible.
1: yeah. And that that's probably more in the spirit of the holidays where you're giving things to other people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, way to tie it back in. I like where, it you're, so
2: where you're trading to benefit the good of the cause <laughs> instead of yourself, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Nobody's
2: like, selfish around the holidays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like in Pandemic, you know, you're trying to collect sets of cards, but if somebody draws the card that you need, then they can give it to you, and that's cool. Or in Dead of Winter... Uh, There are, you know, different resources and items and you can ask for someone to give those to you. What's interesting in Dead of Winter is once somebody's handed you a card, it's yours. And so theoretically, if you're the traitor, then you can lie to people to get them to give you stuff and then not use it for what you said you were going to use it for, which is interesting and also a little bit shady. (laughs)
1: Yeah, don't do that in real life with your gift giving, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, don't be be shady with real life gift giving. That's the lesson (laughs) here.
1: Another thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about exchanging was in poker, the money is like victory points. And the victory points are fixed between all the players. And you just exchange the money between the players. So there's no bank or anything. So everything is just exchanging points. And the only other board game I could think of that's like that is Twilight Struggle, which is a two-player game where there's a set victory track and it's just going back and forth in a tug of war. So there's no magic victory points that appear out of nowhere like in most games. And I thought that was interesting.
0: I hadn't thought about that. I guess that technically only applies to tournament poker because in a normal poker game, technically people can add to their chips by buying, by spending more money. But I guess it's, like,
1: their, their own money that they're putting in. It's not, like, the game's money. <laughs> right, know. well, but it adds to the resources within yeah. the game,
0: theoretically, by adding more <laughs> chips. Um, but, yeah, in tournament poker, it's a set number of chips, and mm-hmm. no matter how many players you start with, The number of chips you start with is the number of chips that will exist at the end of the tournament, Mm -hmm. and one player will have all of them, so (laughs) that's kind of neat. You're wagering victory points to try and gain more victory points. I never actually thought Mm -hmm. of poker like that. That's kind of (laughs) neat.
2: There are some games too where you're trading resources in the game to acquire better resources. I just played clans mm-hmm. of or clans of Caledonia for the first time wherein I had to trade in the wheats to make the whiskey and the milk to make the cheese. so that's not really exchanging between people, but there's still an exchange going on
0: hmm I mean that's the same the century spice road that came yeah. out not too long ago. you trade in a set of resources for some other resources. And you do that over and over and over again until you get the resources you need.
2: (laughs) And that's the game. We just explained the whole game.
0: That's literally (laughs) it. Century Spice Road. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of games that have trading or exchanges that we didn't touch on. So we'd love to hear from you guys, our listeners. Um, if there's any games that have really cool trading or exchanging within them mechanically, we would love to hear about them. So hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, BoardGameGeek, any of the usual places, and we, we can share your comments. We'd love to hear what you guys think are some good games in this genre. For this week's etymology segment, I'm going to examine the origins of the word Shuffle. The English word shuffle doesn't have much of a storied past. It originated in the mid-16th century when it was used to to describe things such as walking slowly without lifting the feet and, the more game-relevant, act of mixing playing cards. It can be traced back to the Middle English shovelen and the Low German schufeln. Other words that came from similar origins are shove and scuffle. Shuffling cards is an act familiar to many board gamers. But do you know how many times you have to shuffle a deck of 52 cards to truly randomize them? As in, make them so that every possible combination of cards is equally likely, including the entire reversal of the deck from its starting configuration. If you're using an overhand shuffling method, you're in for a tiring experience to get the cards fully randomized. It takes around 2,500 overhand shuffles to properly randomize a deck of cards. If you use a riffle shuffle, it's much easier to achieve. A mere seven proper riffles will give you the best randomization, and any shuffles past seven will not add to the randomness. Not all decks are made up of 52 cards, and not every riffle is perfect, but perhaps knowing the origins of the word shuffle and a little statistical info about how to randomize your deck will set you up for a win the next time you're handling a deck of
1: cards. And that's it for this week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, to get links to all our social media pages, including our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Board Game Geek Guild. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. If you haven't already, make sure to grab a copy of their new roll and write drafting game, Harvest Dice, which is now available. Grey Fox Games, quality games cleverly crafted. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to show us a little love, you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month just head to patreon.com boardgameblitz. Our patrons get a lot of benefits, including access to our private Slack channel where you can chat with us directly anytime. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Tomi Now. Board Game Blitz is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Check out the other shows in the network by visiting dicetowernetwork.com. We want to thank you for listening and hope you are having a wonderful holiday season. We are taking our annual holiday hiatus since it's difficult for us to record when we are all traveling for the holidays. There will be no episode on January 4th, but we will return on January 18th. Until then, bye everyone! Bye! bye.
0: Although I do still think King Domino deserved the win, um, but I really, really like Magic Maze.
1: <laughs> Cassidy's shaking her head.
2: I'm just oh, sitting here going, oh, of course she had to get King Domino in somehow. <laughs>
0: I couldn't see you because it was uh, on Amby's video on my screen, so I was like, wait, why is Amby
2: laughing? <laughs> I was like, what did I say? I'm just sitting here with my like hand over my mouth, shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I just said X. You did actually. I was, I was like, what? She knows better than that.
0: I do. I just, it's my, I, I don't brain good. So I'm telling you, you're
1: just saving uh, your brain
2: power for TI4.
1: We want to thank you for listening and hope you have a, Okay, so <laughs> I can read. <laughs> I mean you can you can
2: add
0: libid, I don't care.
1: <laughs> okay.